You know, as personal uh, fitness and health and wellness becomes bigger and bigger, I mean, this whole coronavirus thing has really taught us um, to take care of ourselves, you know, mentally and physically. Uh, and I think one of the key things that is emerging here is about how how sauna therapy and hot and cold um, is a key component to living well and uh, having a fit lifestyle. And I could think of no better um, example of this or, or lead into this than the MindStrong Project. Uh, on the bench today, you'll be hearing from Brian, seated to my right on the sauna bench, and Harvey, seated to my left. Uh, Harvey is the CEO founder of MindStrong Project, and uh, Brian is, is one of the uh, founders and supporters of, of this uh, effort, uh, the, the key group of guys. Brian's a pro athlete, a pro football player, uh, played for the Vikings and, uh, the, and down in Houston. Um, and uh, these, these guys are bringing uh, sauna therapy, the hot and the cold, um, to professional athletes. And it's super exciting. Uh, and you'll hear about Chasing the Edge. Um, it's an easy concept to understand about how athletes sustain performance. And um, we talk about sonotherapy in the world of, of pro athletes and uh, locker rooms and what the environment is like today and, and what is going to be inevitable, uh, a higher awareness of the hot and cold uh, in the future. Um, the mental side of, of hot and cold and sauna, and it's always subjective um, it's about self-awareness, uh, about you know regulating focus and uh, and, and and attention, a very key uh, driver and practice for uh, high-performance athletes. Um, we get into the physical elements of of sauna and cold therapy, and about uh, you know thermogenesis and this um, uh, the stress adaption, um, heat shock proteins. Um, so yeah, it gets really in depth, but I think this is a really fun and easy podcast to follow along with. Um, what MindStrong Project is about with their training, uh, respiratory training, hot and cold training, um, higher level of CO2 tolerance, uh, saturation of oxygen uh, in the blood system. Um, and we do some Wim Hof breathing, some deep breathing, uh, right here on microphone, and you guys can uh, can can try along with us. Uh, and we talk about uh, what sauna means for these guys, um, and how uh, Brian says um, and Harvey says uh, that he's never been in an environment that has brought out more from him as a human than sauna and cold. So, without further ado, please welcome Harvey and Brian to Sauna Talk. This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase.
Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sauna Talk, and we're on the bench, and this is the place to Sauna Talk. This Wouldn't you it. agree, guys? Yes, this is it. This is it. Go right, on. Right, on, right on. Right on. And and to to my right, to introduce yourself, Harvey, go ahead. Yep, my name is Harvey Martins. I'm the founder of the Mindstrong Project, and, and Brian Peters. And I'm Brian Peters, uh, NFL linebacker. Spent the last seven seasons playing professionally, and then I'm also a coach for the Mindstrong Project. Right on. Great. And um, <clears throat> I'll turn it over to you, Harvey. Explain the Mindstrong Project and what you guys are up to. Yeah, so essentially it started out with Brian and myself and then a couple other guys, i got to say their names, Steve McGuigan, Tom Buski, and Dave Fisher. So we all, Dave plays hockey still. He's over in Austria, uh, played for the Gophers for a bit. And then Tom played baseball with the Gophers and was drafted by the Miami Marlins. And then Steve was at Illinois Chicago and played professionally for a bit. And then I was with the Brewers. And then Brian obviously has been with the Vikings and the Texans. And we've all known each other and trained for years. And how it really started was we wanted to, one, be a team because we're all buddies. And uh, two, we wanted to try to find a way that athletes could sustain performance. And whether that be mentally, physically, or emotionally, we were trying to figure out what do people do that not to necessarily chase an edge and have an immediate result, but how do they chase an edge, understand the edge, and then sustain the edge. Right on. And Brian, how would you, uh, what does that mean to you, like chase the edge and sustain the edge as a, as a high performer in, in the world of athletics? That's a very, I mean, it's a very easy concept. I mean, I've, I've adopted it. It's, you can look at it from an aggregation of marginal gains where you, if you get 3% better from a nutrition standpoint or an exposure like a sauna or a cold tub or things along those lines, just, I always, uh, I was always very grateful for the opportunity to be a professional athlete. So I did anything and everything I could to maintain that, that title and maintain that um, occupation really. So it, it took a turn for me where it went from phys different physical training protocols, different nutrition protocols, supplements, and I kept growing and growing, learning about IV therapies and Eventually, I got into sensory deprivation chambers, where I, is where I learned how to I breathe on my own with Wim Hof training. I just learned that from the internet. Then got into free diving protocols, and that's when me and Harvey kind of merged okay. merged minds, and that's where I uh, started, uh, I guess, inter interjecting a little more sauna work and nice. ice tub work on top of that. Nice, nice. Do you guys, um, <clears throat> where do you think we're at in terms of um, uh, sauna therapy with uh, professional the professional sports do you think we're at a like if you were to grade this 10 meaning we're fully developed uh one meaning we're, we're j just a few athletes are getting getting into it like we're the early stages uh i'll go to you harvey what's yeah. your number one to ten today that's a great 2019 question. uh I, i'm gonna try to come at this from an unbiased opinion because i think through my lens it seems high but i every time i think that it seems high i find out that that's just what i perceive it as so I don't. I think in my viewpoint, it seems like it's very relevant now. But I would say, if I take my scope of thought out of it or my perception out of it, I think it's a five. Okay. And yeah. Brian, what what's your say. name? Um, I'd say it's currently around a three or a four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I constantly see players inside of like the the saunas are very, very large rooms for the most part. Most of them are probably ten by ten uh, at the NFL level. And you see a lot of guys use them. Um, my first exposure to it was up here, actually, in Minnesota, um, where it was Harrison Smith. He was jumping into the, or either hopping in the shower or jumping in the cold tub and hopping back in and just kind of getting that flush going. And mm -hmm. then, uh, but it's just, yeah, it's players passively using it. There's not guys following protocols. Like, there's right. guys, like, doing 30 minutes, feel good, get a good sweat yeah. or whatever it is. But then down in Houston, it grew where we had a sports science guy who's on, the, like, on our staff 
guys were start asking about improving sleep. So he started having them do different uh, sauna rotations with shower, not a cold shower, just a shower, just to give you time in between. So <coughs> it's slowly creeping its way into professional sports, I mm -hmm. think. So that's why I'm going to keep it at a three because yeah. it's not something that it is prescribed by any means. But um, it's, it's knocking on the door. Super, mm -hmm. super. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see this going with MindStrong, what you guys are up to? want to give a little... Uh, we were talking off mic a little, Harry, yeah. about this, the, 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 you know, the first word, you know, the, the prefix of mind strong is yeah. the mind, right? Yeah, the well, mind. Yeah. yeah. Should, we can come at this from the physical or the mental. Yeah. Do you want to tackle one of the two first? Yeah. So I think of it as like, we know that sauna and heat transmission, like creates neurotransmitters and parts of your brain to get activated, right? Like norepinephrine is basically a focus and attention driver, right? And so you look at like, we've seen that through studies and we've seen that through science to be able to show like enhanced clarity through heat treatment. And then cold treatment's the same way. You know, like I, I know Wim Hof and we know, we all know of the Wim, of Wim Hof and what they do and they do amazing work. But like I always tell people, when you're in heat or cold, like in the cold for this instance, like it's hard to not be at your most primal state. Like your reptile reacts, right? And so you have to be like very moment to moment. So I look at it, if we take away all the science side of it and just get to the intuition side of it, it's super moment, present moment living. And so if you can understand the moment through extremes of heat or cold, now you get to know your breath, which is like the one constant that follows all performers, right? And it's the connector of mind and body. Like we've We've known this. I mean, yoga has been telling us to study breath for 2,500 years. I mean, if you look at that, it's one of the longest sustaining practices in human performance. And somewhere along the lines, we try to, we almost like don't respect that as much, in my opinion, because it's so old now, but it's so sustainable. So when you look at that, like, like heat work has been going on for thousands of years, right? Like the Finns have been doing this for tons of years. And so we're talking about modern day living and bringing that into the NFL or the big leagues or those sort of things now. But what I think what we want to do is we want to take breath practice, heat uh, treatment, cold treatment, community, all these things that we've known for thousands of years to work. And we want to essentially supply some sort of like proof or mm -hmm. trust or sustainability yeah. for the current athlete to get back to their primal. <clears throat> so we have this from a mental side, yeah. staying on the mental element, there's this experiential, uh, we know this is great for the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there is the experimental. Yeah. Like, and to touch on the experimental, <laughs> this is very like cutting edge. Yeah. Uh, the work that you guys are initiating, the potential collaboration that we're yeah. having with the Sauna Research Center, yeah. uh, the ability to test, right? Like, yeah. And how we develop these protocols for proving or testing the, the, the mental, you know, the mental benefits of sauna. Right. Um, not to put you on the spot or either of you guys on the spot, but imagine some point in the future where we're collaborating together and we're developing these studies with athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a control group that has never saunaed before mm -hmm. uh, and won't sauna. Then we have a study group that has never saunaed before and we bring them in to the protocol that, that we know that we will do. Yeah. Um, how will we measure from a mental side of things? Is Again, I'm putting you two on the spot, yeah, but is there I'll, any can, uh, thought I'll, to that? I can take that first and you take yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the mental side of it is going to be, it's no matter what, 
it's always going to be subjective to a certain level, right? And so, like, that's going to be awareness. Like, whenever you're talking about mental training or mental progression, it's self-awareness. Like, that's what differentiated us from every other species on Earth, right? It was our ability to solve and create problems, which is built through awareness. So I think that, like I mentioned, if we can acquire higher levels of focus in an overstimulated world, like, the proof would be objectively we can show that sauna is basically creating a higher level of focus mm. and it creates the ability to slow your respiratory rate and it does these things that would be my proof so to interject i mean maybe uh, and i'm just spitballing yeah. with you guys this is the beauty of yeah. sauna talk and yeah. collaborating yeah. Oh, yeah, is we can sure. formulate some yeah. of these plans and yeah. ideas is i mean could it be that we have some sort of a um you know like a test you know like some sort of a uh aptitude tests like at the beginning of the study or, or I don't know yeah I mean, so there's some things that like uh, they do body oxygen level testing which measures your breath holding co2 testing so now we're going over to the physical yeah which I'm totally cool no, sure. so, yeah, so if you want to look at mental um, for me um, it's always a quick little like uh, we do a, not a test but uh, just kind of gauge your your stress level or your ability to deal with stress is how long you can have 10 breath take 10 breaths in the cold tub mm. Go, like submerge come up you get 10 nasal breaths how long does it take yeah so your ability to control a, your breath this yeah. would be a marker, that, a marker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just that, like that's an easy test so like i can tell the days where if i didn't get enough sleep or i'm not ready to go yet i can't control my breath in that stressful state then for me um from like from just a mindset standpoint nobody else on my team was going up into their neck in the cold tub nobody else was riding the bike in the sauna that's a mental edge on me i'm doing what other people are not in pursuit of what, even if it's given, again, the chasing edges law of, margin, law of aggregation of marginal gains, where if I'm gaining 3% on them because I'm riding a bike in the sauna as opposed to riding a bike outside of that, I win. Like, that's just building bricks of mental fortitude on my, on myself. So that's how I always approached it. Mental. Yes. Yeah. Physical, mental. we can measure. Yeah. yeah. But you're talking about some mental stressor yeah. um, to, to bring you to that marginal um, improvement or yeah. advantage. Uh, and, that, and again, that you're, you're talking about intangible things like you can't touch a thought in those in those scenarios mm -hmm. and confidence in my eyes is earned confidence is always earned like everything else is ego to some extent we always get back into the stoic phase but like you earn your confidence my confidence is from i work in the heat and then i like then i breathe in the cold like yeah. that, that just those are my edges those are just more edges for me to have over my competition thank you did you guys see um uh it was that that NFL NFC Championship playoff game with the with Seattle and Minnesota outs, outside and Bud yep. Grant came on the field. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, there's something to that. Oh, for sure. for sure. Well, wouldn't that be like essentially? I mean, that's like brown fat, right? Like they're showing a lot yeah. of proof with yeah. that. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm staying focused on the mental yeah, side yeah. of things, right? Yeah. And, no, no. And but it's, so, see, but the what I would say, a, yeah, but what I would say, and this is what we actually think about it. So a lot of our slogans is mindset through movement, and so what it really is is you're trying to you're trying to understand the mental side through physiology. Because if you think about like your brain and your body, like your body is no matter what in the present, which is what people are always trying to objectively chase in the mind. But the mind is the thing that we have the ability to foresee the future or reflect on the past, right? But then you're essentially taking out information of present moment physiological responses. Beautiful. Which was where I would make the debate that the mind is the body. Yeah, man. And well so said. if you're walking around with your shirt off, like you've literally just adapted to that, which would have a higher threshold to your psychological state. Yeah, 
Yeah, I purposely wanted to start with mental yeah, yeah, as yeah. it relates to sauna and, and athlete training because it is the less tangible. It's a little more For sure. difficult maybe to get our arms around, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> by the way, Brian, how many different saunas have you been in, say, in, in your day? Um, not Nothing crazy, probably. I mean, gyms included, probably 30. How would you, can you feel a difference in heat where you're sitting now? Um, definitely. I definitely, uh, it's more of a love affair than anything with the wood burning saunas, just all the aesthetic that comes with it, but also just the, the recent, I guess, push has been for these infrared saunas. And I don't, mm. I don't like that heat as much personally. It doesn't give me the experience. It doesn't give me the, the, the texture of the experience either. So it's just, a. Uh, for me, um, yeah, obviously the, the, the heating up process is different, especially if you start, um, adding steam to the mix as well, but no, I'm a, I'm a Kuma wood burner now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I put you on the spot, yeah, but oh, easy. Hey, you answer correctly. There's a $20 bill right outside. Yeah. <laughs> so we tackled the, I think in my eyes, again, yeah. the little, it's a little bit more difficult to explain the mental side of sauna yeah. therapy. Um, yeah. I think we save the physical side for when we're cooling down outside. I'm, yeah, I'm in no hurry to leave the hot room, but um, oh, yeah. that's such a big subject. I think the physical, um, you know, the physical training and the physical elements of sauna. I'm real excited to hear, Brian, about your experience with that um, in your training. Um, anything else on, on, on MindStrong as it relates to the mental? Um, I think you guys tackled it pretty damn well. Yeah, I'm we, really excited about it. We get jacked it. up a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you met your match with me. Yeah, yeah. no, this is fun. It, we were talking about, you know, the traditional Finnish sauna and, you know, the Finns, God love them, you know, they must be sitting back thinking, oh, what the hell, man? We've yeah. known this shit for yeah, our yeah, whole what lives, are these guys right? Doing? Yeah, yeah. And we're catching up to right. something that, you know, is, is quite dear to them. Uh, culturally and yeah. spiritually and uh, and all that and you don't need studies uh, no. to for a fin to tell you that sauna is good for you right you know they, they will they will cold water swim without sauna even uh, again I think mental like staying on the mental subject yeah. is uh, like uh, like can relate it to this um, my son Grant 24 years old he was basically born in sauna uh, before he <laughs> could walk at our cabin you know but he's always been a little bit of a wimp for when it, as it relates to cold plunge. Sure. You know, he likes to shower at the cabin instead yeah, of the yeah, lake, yeah. you know. Um, but he's been programmed to that level of softness. But he's now, thanks to these opinion leaders, right. athletes like you're saying, Brian, and all that, um, I got a picture of him going through Lake Minnetonka on oh, Sunday, wow, you know. That's beautiful. And, and we coached him through it, yeah. you know. And again, it, it, you can speak to this, Harvey, but yeah. it's not a macho thing, right? It's about this mental conditioning. Like, yeah. People have been doing this for thousands of years. Well, so, and yeah, I, that's a really cool point. And I think intuitively, like, if you think about it, intuition is our highest form of intelligence. So, like, any of this research or science that's out there about anything started through intuition. So, like, any, not just this field, like, any other field was originally intuition. And so you look at that now and you go well, intuitively, things need to make sense to you. And how does that happen? You have to acquire some sort of experience. Yeah. It's like, you know, the cold five years into it, I've been doing cold training every day for at least the last three years. I was kind of on and off for three years before that. <laughs> but it's like now you look at a five to six year window, I still don't love the cold. You know, like I don't sit there and go, I can't wait for it to start. But then during it, it's very peaceful. And then after it's amazing. So you yeah. kind of have this experience now to know I can swim in the lake and I'll be fine. And what I would think is for anyone who's listening to this, you know, 
when you think of like a, if you haven't ever done cold just take a cold shower to start and if you want to get a really good awareness to how your brain works before you even get into that cold you will already start noticing your body tighten up you'll notice your body and your body start to freeze which is a freeze state it's a part of our primal being right so anytime you get in the cold like brian said anytime you get in the heat your primalness like now reaches a new level of experience which turns into being wisdom which yeah. as we move on like that's yeah. what we're trying to acquire it's higher levels of wisdom so we can make better choices well said thank you, know? you. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah uh reprogramming the autonomic nervous system yeah yeah, the conditional response, right? right? Like cold, run away. Right, freeze. Like, yeah. And then when we realize how great it feels oh, to take the cold. It's part of you. Yeah, then you you seek out that, yeah. what used to be a whole oh, shit response yeah. to a, oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, and that's what he, I mean, Brian can speak to his part of, he's into it. He's probably one of the most, and he won't say this about himself, so I'll say it. Yeah. I'll put him on blast in the box. But, <laughs> you know, he's one of the most, like, wanting to know why and and seekers of performance of an athlete that i've ever seen in the moment you know you see like people like myself i mean i'm years removed from sports so it's intriguing to me now but to tackle that stuff in the moment of performance is crazy and he does it probably better than anyone i've really seen like here's a guy who is literally going to chase an edge but he's going to want to know why know how and then he wants to understand it yeah. which now like we talked about wisdom becomes his own and yeah. that he the cold or heat for any three of us it's ultimately your own teacher that's true and he does that mm -hmm. you can it's, speak it's, to that it's yeah so brian I, I don't want to steal your thunder you, you, go. you got something on that talk no i i just i mean at the end of the day it's a simple concept if you're going to push yourself to that extreme of a heat, like life's about balance. Like you're gonna to want to balance that out on the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then we obviously believe in exposure in general, but obviously like humans evolved and adapted with the ability to face both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And now that we live in our little AC heat bubbles of 70 degrees from your house to your car, car to work and back home. Um, and even in the workout environment, yeah, even in the workout yeah. stadium, yeah, controlled, yes, it's incredibly controlled. And we have energy systems combat environmental stress, but we don't use them anymore. So yeah. that, I mean, I'm not a rocket surgeon by any means, but th that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. So like, yeah. So yeah. In, in my eyes, like, if you're gonna stretch one way, you gotta stretch the other, mm -hmm. and and you will see that there there's not a lot of comfort in the cold, but. Um, there is a lot of confidence there. And then there's a lot of satisfaction in yeah, the equilibrium. Sure. Accomplishment. The, sense, the mental sense of accomplishment that comes with both ends of that, the sauna and the ice, it, it's there. Just I hope everyone listening to this experiences that. Powerful. Yeah, so, well, look at that. We were, talk, we were talking in the hot room for 18 and a half minutes. There you go, that's a good that's round. Solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, none of the three of us were in a hurry to leave the hot room, but no. we figured, <laughs> we finished up well with the mental aspects um, um, in, the, in the work. Uh, and I set off mic uh, as we were cooling down. The physical is a little bit a low hanging fruit and a little easier to explain. Uh, Brian, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Um, experientially, like tell us about sauna with you and performance, well-being uh, from a physical side. Um, initially for me, again, it was uh Actually, I'm getting in the sauna because everybody else is getting in the sauna. I didn't really understand what I was doing or why I was doing it. So, like, obviously, like, I didn't, and I wasn't very tactical with it either. I wasn't doing it to learn or doing it. I wasn't doing it to, oh, am I sleeping better or am I feeling better or anything like that. It was just kind of like a, a team bonding thing. Sure, but, um, right on. But yeah. obviously. Or, um, or relaxation. Re like after yeah, relaxation. It's a, it's a, yeah, and then there's, there's the accomplishment to it. There's the 
relief when you get out. There was like there was just a weird gauntlet of emotion initially with my experience when it came to saunas, and then um, my my journey towards the sauna kind of stepped into the cold after that, where my doctor at the time. Um, I didn't know it was derived from when, but he told me basically to condition myself to handle 20 minutes full body in the cold tub. He said, just work on it. And like, mm -hmm. that was the, so I eventually conditioned myself to do that. Is this as you were playing? Yeah, this, pro, so pro this, football? yeah, so this was, uh, so my first year out, I was actually in the Canadian football league with Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And when I was home, I was training at Ohio State University and they had a cold tub that was uh, readily available to me. So I, ch I trained myself to go up to 20 minutes up to my neck in the cold tub, and there, I didn't have a lot of reason. My doctor just said it was good for me, so, and, I, and, I, and I trust him fearlessly, which is uh, yeah. interesting. But um, <laughs> but after after that, once I started experiencing breath, um, breath work and cold tub kind of tying together, me and Harvey over here got back on the same page as far as the, the sun. The, the use of both ends of the spectrum and not just hanging my hat on the cold and being mentally tough in the cold. Uh, I learned how to be mentally tough in the, the sauna as well and how to balance those two with contrast therapies. Um, because well, I, 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 Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I can say that uh, what you said is true because you didn't skip a beat through that steam. That we just experienced. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. You weren't phased a bit. You just keep talking right <laughs> through that wave of steam, didn't you? No, I mean, like, I mean, with, just with my evolution into the like, so like in football, like, in, like heat and cold do go together. They tell you to contrast your legs. They tell you to go cold tub, hot tub, cold tub, hot tub, and then whether you're if you're going to activity, finishing hot. If you're doing recovery, finishing cold. And like that's literally all they tell you in like football. They don't explain it. They don't yeah. say anything besides. It. They don't say anything about vasoconstriction, vasodilation. They don't right. say anything like that. Right. So, but sorry to interrupt you, but yep. can you can you expand on that a little bit more? So, recovery you finish. So, like if you are doing a contrast treatment where you're doing anywhere from three minutes in the hot to three minutes in the cold and back and forth, um, the prescription like literally it's on the wall, like saying if you're going for recovery, um, finish in the cold. If you're going out to activity afterwards, you obviously don't want to go from cold straight to a, a, a football practice yeah. or a lift or anything like that. So you finish in hot, so you have that yeah. Yeah. that blood flow and that warmth and that nice. uh, yeah that vasodilation. But um, so obviously, like I took that and just grew upon it and chased the edge in it because I was I'm I'm already getting weird looks and questions from trainers why I'm in the cold tub up to my neck, and I can't explain it fully. So eventually, I start asking questions and my my doctor explains it to me and then me and Harvey are on the same page now and starts giving me sauna to cold and then um then I I, ex I experimented personally with steam and sauna mm -hmm. uh comparing them to themselves and then eventually that got me into we eventually uh got exposed to Brian McKenzie, Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese, their XPT program and um and I just just mm -hmm. from seeing things I pushed myself we uh mm -hmm. I mean, I always kind of did like ab workouts in the saunas because it was harder and push yourself. But right. then now, once you start doing aerobic capacity, you start um, doing the the bike in the sauna, yeah. and then on top of the bike, you add CO two tolerance or uh, altitude training where you have the mask on and those kind of things. Right. Just, and again, for me, it was just building and building and pushing myself and pushing myself. Once the bike got easy, I put the mask on. Once the mask got, mask got easy, I tightened the holes in the mask and made it harder. So just mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of how I'm wired and. Uh, and it, it like and then Harvey is probably 
again, one of my biggest motivators from it. Like, he goes, oh, that's good. Like, yeah, you should be able to do something better than that now. Like, it just has, had a, has an easy way of uh, pushing me uh, from that aspect. And mm -hmm. it's been, again, I just, I'm just a guinea pig when it comes down to it. But I, I know it feels good. I know it helps. Yeah. And doing all these things, I, I was lucky enough to be in a situation where um, I actually got to put them to the test. Where So we actually had... Um, a new strength coach down with the Houston Texans and we actually spent and and our team wasn't functionally sound by their functional movement scores and uh, hamstring strength and things like that so we didn't run for the first four weeks mm -hmm. so and me like I'll, I'm, a, I'm a one run four days a week in the off season kind of guy I train five days and um, so I couldn't do that like so uh, or I can not do that but I, listening to them like I look for ways to stay in shape outside of that so I took the underwater pool training mm -hmm. and I went uh, and I started biking in the sauna as much as possible with the altitude mask and when it came down to it when we went when we did get out to run and practice mm -hmm. and everything again I was head and shoulders above everybody from a, from a, a aerobic capacity standpoint my breathing um, incredibly incredibly controlled compared to everybody else yeah. and like it was night and day like it was it was like mm -hmm. like I could hear everybody else breathe and I could hear like my, my calm was untouchable yeah Okay, so I have to pick apart and ask you, what percent would you say is physical versus mental in terms of your increased capacity and tolerance? Um, I'd, I'd say 80-20 physical. Yeah. Like, I think, like, it, it was my body, because I didn't yeah. know what to expect once right. I get st did start moving and running again. Sure. Um, and I just found myself calm that, calmer than everybody else, and, like, yeah. everybody else, was, like, some guys were tapping out, and I'm, I'm like... I'm not even in that fifth gear yet, so just um, yeah. So I, it's worked. It it works, yeah, and a lot of that that paired with it. Obviously, I'm doing multiple things at the same time. Like that's also my introduction to breath work and CO and uh, exhale holds and things along yes, those lines. Exactly. So that so that ability to control my breath and oxygen, CO two, all that together with the pushing myself in that temperature, uh, a stressful or stressful environment. Mm -hmm. I think I'll add it up to me being in better shape and that, mm -hmm. that so I continued the training uh, through the off season uh, on top of running and then once we got into the preseason um, there's multiple situations where I'm doing like in football most drives last anywhere from three to nine plays for, on average mm -hmm. uh, I was on in a couple like 15 and 20 play drives and I'm the only person communicating I'm the yeah. person telling other people to breathe and it's uh, it was just cool to see yeah. uh, all that yeah. stuff come to fruition. You obviously have the intent toward, you know, making, uh, making the salary, making the team. Uh, you, you know, you have a huge financial incentive for this. But what a great incentive also for your well-being to, to have that level of stamina and, and uh, fortitude. Um, Got to play a nice part in your lifestyle to, to have that um, on your side. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love the game of football, and I love, I love the everything that came with the NFL and that kind of thing. But um, I've always taken a ton of pride and enjoyed the training side of uh, my job and life in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I always just, like, that's where, like, like there's a lot of things in life you can't see mm -hmm. tangible results. Like, like, in, like again, in, in the weight room, like, you put in the work, the weight goes up. You put, like, it just the reps go up, whatever it is. But same thing with the sauna and exposure. You put in the work and the time and... The patience and that kind of thing, nice. and that you see the tangible results yeah. yield from it. About eighty percent physical, and, and mental yeah. is not to be um, under underplayed. It sure 
takes a component of, of the training. Of the yeah. Hot and cold. But like, but the, like the mind's not going to have that drastic of an event over the body, the way that my first five practices did when I was, I was dominant from a breast standpoint over everybody else and just in shape. Amen. Over to you, Harvey, on that. Um, what, what do you want to say about, about, yeah, no, I'm, it's fascinating to even hear, I mean, him, Brian and I talk about this all the time, but it's just cool to keep hearing because as you're hearing it, you're like thinking through the things that you think of too. You know, it's, it's really, again, I go back to it in the, in the first part, we were talking about the mind and the body and like, it's, it really is connected and we're going to get my point of view on this, but it is connected through breath, right? It's like, if you and I, if all three of us were to go out and run sprints, you know, we can measure a VO2 max or capacity, but realistically what it's going to come down to is the first person that starts changing gears, and Brian alluded towards this in like a gear five or like a higher gear compared to the other people that he's playing against. Well, the second that you start to over-breathe or you start to shift into a mouth-mouth state where I'm breathing in through my mouth, out through my mouth, well, that's an upper chest way of breathing. I mean, anyone who's listening, let's just take a deep breath through your mouth. You know, and then take take a deep breath through your nose. And you should see, like, a difference in your body. If you're taking a deep breath through your nose, like, you're going to feel the diaphragm going down. Your rib cage is going to expand horizontally. Your chest isn't going to rise as much. Your shoulders aren't going to rise. Where your mouth, you know, you feel that tendency to raise your shoulders up. That's a higher upper lung part of breathing, which your lungs, because of gravity, doesn't hold oxygen at a higher level of your lung capacity. It holds it in a lower level of your lung capacity. Right on. So if you look at it as vasodilator and those sort of things, if I can have a stronger blood system, if I can... If we're in this scenario, if we're going to talk about heat and cold, if I can open up my blood and then constrict my blood and keep working that system and keep alternating my intervals with my heart rate, well, you are mimicking working out and you're actually eliminating injury prone because mm. you're sitting in a position where you're somewhat still. Mm. And now how does that correlate to physical competition? Well, competition comes down to essentially making a choice under pressure. Right Whoever does that is the best performer. So yeah. like Brian talked about, if Brian is in a mouth-mouth, upper lung breather, if his threshold to that is longer than yours, if we go back to the sprint analogy, if we all go run sprints, the first person that stops starts to lose control of their breathing, and this scenario starts breathing in and out through their mouth, the respiratory rate starts to increase. The second that happens, your physiology, which is the body, is going to tell your psychology this is a survival state. So you're either going to want to give up, which would be flight, or you're going to want to freeze. And in that position, that's not just a mental state, that's also a physical state. So uh, you look at it and go, if I get into a freeze state because I'm a poor breather, or I can't move oxygen, which is what the sauna and the cold does tremendously for you, well, even without training, just do both of them and you'll see how your state's alter and you're mm. going to be forced to learn your breathing. If you can control and shift state to breathe less, then your cortex is opened up to make better choices. You can actually accumulate what you're seeing and perceive it to make the best choice under pressure, which would make you the highest level performer in that moment. So you could even debate it back and say, well, then it wouldn't necessarily be a physiological, which would be the body, it'd be a psychological state, you yeah, know, because it'd exactly. be your mind is starting to get altered by the way that you breathe. And, and they really are intertwined. Yeah, the, for sure. And the, at the end of the day, right? Like oh, to try entirely. to pick it apart and yeah. I'd say 80% this, 20 that, 
it may be missing the overall point that yeah. uh, we don't need to pull it apart, physical, mental, right? Right, and that's like where you talk about when Brian talks about how he can still communicate and still talk in a, in a conditioned type state. Well, you have to think like he's training and you're hearing ways that he trains right now. Like he's training in extreme, so he's training at a high level. So his threshold of breath is he's basically creating a, a level of adaptation through stress of heat and cold. Right and that's what like life is. You're trying to create adaptation through. A, well, like, that's life on stress. the football field, right? Mental, right. physical, coming at you, bombarding yeah. you. I mean, even in the weight room, like stress forces adaptation. That's the only way you change is with right. stress or adversity. Like there's no. Can't just train without adversity and expect. Man, you can't lift lightweight and expect to get big muscles. It just that kind of concept. Well, and this is heat stress. I mean, yeah. think about the heat shock protein just protects other proteins. You know, it's like a, it's a fascinating concept, and it's really just putting you into a position where you can stay aerobic longer. Which I go back to that mouth and nose breathing for anyone who's listening to this. You want to be aerobic more times than not in your life, and that would be a state of calm nasal breathing, which. You stay in the heat and the cold long enough, like you're going to get challenged. Your aerobic capacity is going to get challenged, which is why they see all those cardiovascular benefits and those aerobic benefits just by you know heat treatment. Right. But if you spend your life in aerobic and you can, and this is obviously this is being perfect world here, but if you can create the adaptation of anaerobic, which would be like a mouth-mouth energy reserve system tanking of your physiology if you can create that at that stressor example being heat cold weight lifting outside of normality of life then you're going to have a higher threshold to aerobic inside of life does that make sense and so that's what like is so cool about what we're doing too right now is we're essentially creating a controlled stressor and we're, we're perfect building a higher perfect transition i i want to ask um and I know people listening are very interested about the Mind Strong Project. Mm -hmm. um, let's. I'm going to have you answer on two levels today. Sure. Like as it sits today, tell us about what the resources are mm -hmm. at your facility and mm -hmm. the type of testing you're doing. Yeah. And and you can brush on that one fairly quickly because I know all of this is moving really fast very in quickly. your world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would rather uh, we can talk to what's happening today. But I'm real excited to hear about tomorrow. Like what, yeah, yeah. you know, at some point in the future, whether it's one year or two years, we're talking about the Sauna Research Center. Um, do you want to start with what's going to be or let's talk about what is? Yeah, so uh, I'll start with I'll start with what is very quickly and then what's going to be. So everything that I just mentioned is basically you're trying to create yourself what we've tried to discover in the last couple of years is what tools do you have outside of technology to know yourself, right? So that would be as simple as breathing through your nose and breathing through your mouth. If you can understand that you have a fast respiratory rate, just study your pace of breathing. Is it hard to breathe slow? So I'm a potential client for okay, Life sure. Strong. Let's come at it yeah. that way. Okay. I wanted to see you Monday. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what would the first thing we do? Yeah. We would measure your CO2, so basically measuring the length of your exhale, which tells us how well you can push out waste in your body. Um, and basically that would be like a flat line. Okay. And then you can do a uh, the oxygen advantage and a lot of the work that they do out in Ireland, I believe, right? Brian? Uh, McCown. Yeah. Patrick McCown. Yeah, they do a lot of uh, body oxygen <clears throat> levels where they measure 
how well you can basically have the oxygen levels in your blood, so how well you can hold the breath. And, and how is that measurement? So you would just simply take an inhale, exhale, pinch mm -hmm. your nose, close your mouth, and you'd time how long you can hold that. Okay, and so that that's should the be first done. test. Yeah, that should be done after like 10 minutes of relaxing. Okay. So you shouldn't just walk in and go, hey, let's do it right now. Right on. So I come in and we do that. Yep. And what other measures um, are you after for a client coming in so, today? Like yeah, so Monday. if we did a CO2, basically that would be like an inhale, exhale through your nose to a certain amount of reps, and then we would measure on time the length of your exhalation okay. after a certain amount of reps. So after that, uh, any other tests besides breath testing? Then it would be certain things where, and this is where we're tinkering. We haven't gone as mm -hmm. much general pop as Brian alluded towards in the first one, but that would be more so of how many breaths it takes in a minute of a cold tub. So if Got you it. have a 10 breaths in through your nose, out through your nose in a 35 degree water, yeah. if you are at 90 seconds right now, and then in three months you're at three minutes, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden like we have some baselines to create programs, but at the same time, if you created a baseline, let's say 10 breaths in three minutes, right? Which would be pretty slow breathing in a stressful state. If you're six months from now and we're doing physical training, mental training, anything that would be like the nitty gritties, right? That would take us forever to get into like a day in the life of training. Right so this but is baseline, um, uh, baseline. Respiratory work. rate. Yeah, respiratory this is baseline. Work. This Got is it. like we're trying to create some. Anything else? Heart rates? Uh... Uh, we do heart rate variability, but that's more of a professional athlete type deal. Yeah, so we're back in, now we're outside. So we yeah, talked man. about uh, body oxygen level testing, CO2 testing. You can uh, measure someone's pulse, oxygen saturation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do, a lot of pro guys bring their HRVs to us yeah. and heart rates. So Explain that for listeners, HRV. You want to talk, you're heavy into that. Yeah, Brian, you, you go. You guys get lost up with the Texans. I mean, not as much. I, ha I haven't done it in the, the cold tub and the sauna, really. I mean, we, we do it to track... Uh, really guys shape them. We do velocity, um, acceleration speed, uh, top speed, all those kind of things to monitor just your levels in general. What does it stand for? Each heart rate variability. Heart so rate it's basically, variability. yeah, it's showing like your intervals of how your heart beats. You could just yeah. do a heart rate, right? You well, that's just... right. And now with these heart monitors, yeah. just to interject, it's very easy for anyone listening. Um, you know, what is it? Their eye watch or whatever. Yeah, whoops. Apple. A lot of guys have whoops. Yeah. I would, the best way I would explain it, if someone's like sitting there, just the simplest, this is the way that I understand it's the simplest capacity, is like when you're in a sauna, you would feel your heart rate beating fast. So if you were to measure that, you would see like the, you know, the beats per minute being skyrocketed. 120, yeah. 130. Even higher. We yeah. see 150, yeah. Now explain 150 as it relates to a physical activity. That's like a moderate. I would say that that, I don't know, what would you say? I mean, that's a moderate, that should be like what you should be working at in a I, moderate exercise. I, I, I like to get above 130 for all my workouts. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like, that's like a, you should see that pretty often. So if I was walking Run, fast, workouts, yeah. that's, so that's a running heart rate, 150. Yeah, walking yeah, fast probably wouldn't be 150. Yeah, so no, think no, of that. No, so, no. So, so think of that in terms of, you know, what, your heart rate, you burn calories, yeah, like, but then a lot of things can be measured by your resting heart rate too. And That's how, right. Like how low you how low you can get. Like a lot yeah. of like elite athletes, uh, well, their resting heart rate would be below fifty. Yeah. That's less. Yeah. Than, yeah that that kind right. of concept. Well, right. What's crazy too is when you do this ice right now, like yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Like when you were, if you were to measure that, yeah. and we've done this a few times, it's right. crazy because you'll see how fast your heart goes down, and just feel that. So like yeah. now, go to the intuitive part, yeah. and this is what yeah. we're trying to train for the future. Is like if you were to just not have these measurables, what we see is beats per minutes goes up, 
and then you see it slowly, it's not slowly, quickly shoot down in the cold. Yeah. And that's like an interval workout, right? Yeah. But yeah. And you see this in sports a lot because guys will be in football, you'll be in four plays, and mentally that makes your heart rate go up, physically heart rate goes up, you're making choices, you have all these things, so beats per minute skyrockets. And then you go sit on the sidelines and it goes right down. Yes. You know, and so if you can, if you can learn to control that through breathing, or training how we're training right now, and specifically in this podcast, right? Uh, you'll see that translate to the field, yep. and then in normal life too. But um, can I interject? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. You go I'll first. That's that's what what we look to give professional athletes and Gen Pop in general is is tools, tools to yeah. adapt to stress, tools to upregulate, downregulate, meditate, all the above. So, yeah. So as this relates to sauna and yeah. HRV, this this heart rate business. So uh, let's let's put it in numbers. Yeah. I don't know the numbers, but I know the principle. So, yeah. you know, if I'm sitting at my desk on my computer, average heart rate, roughly, just throw a number. The, your actual aerobic capacity dictates your resting heart rate. So people that are out of shape, obese, like they're going to be higher. They're going to be closer to 100. Some people. Yeah that are terribly out of shape are sit there at higher rates than wow. that myself like my resting heart rate is below 50 it's from around 48 to 50 which yeah. is excellent very, which yeah, is very healthy yes yeah. so let's just say somebody's 70 just to throw a number out okay. there now that person <clears throat> uh, gets up out of their desk yeah. they walks in their backyard because they have a kick-ass wood-burning sauna <laughs> and they're all happy yeah. for yeah. their sauna session yeah now they find themselves sitting on the sauna bench like we just were yeah and they start tossing some water uh heart rate goes way up now we're talking 150 yeah okay now now they go outside and they happen to have an awesome cold plunge yep. and in uh 150 they exit the hot room they hit the cold plunge and as you mentioned harvey that it's going to shoot down shoot down you'll feel it too yeah like you will actually feel even if you don't oh, have yeah. the measurables you'll see how slow your heart and is. that's a beautiful meditative state just insane digress it's just so fabulous to listen to your your heartbeat oh it's fa it's insane it's, it's meditative yeah especially when you hear silence between beats when you yeah. dump Da -dum. It's just crazy. And then obviously like the plunge is the, another physiological effect of one water on the face yeah. and then the, yeah. the nerves in the face that right. dictate the heart rate as well. Now the sauna bather exits the cold plunge yep. and sits down and grabs a nice cold frosty beverage yeah. and just chills. Yeah. What What is really significant is that the heart rate is uh, in that calm state is lower than baseline. Yeah, and that's where I would say what we're doing right now. I mean, in my and I think all of our opinions, what I'm, what we're doing right now is, in in my opinion, first of all, I think this is probably the most meditative health thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like, I think that what it does for your longevity is insane. But then more so, what we're talking about is respiratory rate, and and what I think is what this does is it controls and lowers your breathing cycles in general life. Which, if yeah. you think about, it, if you breathe faster, your heart rate's higher. And if your heart rate's higher, you sleep bad. If yeah, you sleep man. bad, yeah. you don't think well. If you don't think yeah. well, you eat bad. So, what we're doing right now is you're literally controlling. And when you're done with a session like this, you will not be breathing fast. Exactly. So it's like if you can take that in a normal life and slower your respiratory rate, yeah. you're going to think better. You're going to be less yeah. emotional. You're going to have all kinds of behavioral traits that have enhanced. I'm getting cold now. <laughs> and then, I know, Brad, you're doing great. Where'd you fly in from? I um, came from Columbus, but I spent the last 
four and a half years in Houston, so I'm warm-blooded now. I know you are, but you're doing great. You remind yeah. me of my son, Grant. Okay, let's yeah, let's do this, guys. So we're gonna do it on mic. Now, everybody, stay stay here, Harvey, for okay, one okay. second. I want to, let's do five Wim Hof breaths, okay. and then uh, on mic. We're on mic. No okay. big deal. And we'll continue the conversation in the cool-down room. Cool. So let's just uh, Wim Hof it right here. Ready? Beautiful. Uh, one of the things I do, and I want to, let's get a little geeky about breathing. I, you know, Harvey, it's so significant for you. You know what I, I found in my breath work is I'll do about 70%, 80% through the nose and the final 20 through the mouth. Okay. It, it just seems to get more oxygen into my system. How, yeah. how about you guys? Any, any, any little tricks or thoughts for breathing for the audience? Yeah, yeah, you want to think of it, so I would say this, when you, mouth is quicker and quicker out, just like mm -hmm. you said, quick in, quick out, where you think that the nose, the nose is like a, it's like a nitric oxide, which is producing more yeah. vasodilation. You want yeah. to go in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you keep talking. So you tell me, um, Harry, how, how you do like to breathe? Like, is there, you know, it, did we get it, or is there more to it? Uh, lay it, lay it Or you, you well, <laughs> Wim Hof is really interesting because he, I mean, he's notorious for saying it doesn't matter what hole, right? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. just is get in and get it out. Yeah. Um, whereas, like we talked earlier about how you're, we're trying, we're trying to build your aerobic capacity for all of like living, right? And so, if you can train at that, if a higher threshold of aerobic capacity, then you're better. If you can live at a higher aerobic capacity, then you're better, which is the nose, right? So the nose is what's meant for breathing. This yeah. is why you have nose hairs. Yeah. This is why, if, like I, we did that kind of example on the podcast already, if you breathe through your nose, you get in that lower part of the lung, which is where all your oxygen lives. And breathing is about mm -hmm. using Oh, you sorry. keep talking. Okay. <clears throat> Breathing is about oxygen utilization. <laughs> you guys pull the trigger. I want to. You you finish that and you take your time and I want to hear how Brian breathes because this is important. Okay. You know, breath work is yeah. a big part of yeah. the restaurant project. Oh, right? for sure it is. Yeah, yeah. So. What I would say is uh, <laughs> when we're doing like the Wim Hof breathing or we're trying to train, like you should be breathing out of your nose uh pretty much all the time until you're working out or you're hanging out now we don't say like never use your mouth when you're lifting or doing anything like that but no. you want to be through your nose like at sleep you want to be through your nose uh at rest you want to be through your nose you want to try to warm up or do some sort of a low aerobic workout out of your nose you want to build the ability to use oxygen that's already in which would be breathing less and so a lot of people think of breathing as they need to bring in oxygen. Well, this is what we talked about, Brian, where we talked about like having the pulse meter. If all of us were to have a pulse meter on, you'd see your blood oxygen levels at 95 to 99. Yeah. So you already have the saturation of oxygen in you, and this is really being able to use oxygen that's already in, which would be having a higher tolerance to CO2, which was the testing that we talked about. So if you can have a higher level of CO2 tolerance, now you actually offload oxygen, which would make you a breather of less in simplest terms right yeah. <laughs> so the, ah, yeah there it is <laughs> so uh that's kind of my two take on the on that breathing capacity um yeah the, the, the easy again like i 
I use it as a tool. Yeah. Again, like like breath as a tool. Um, it, it's I've used it's obviously become meditative for me and my daily rituals. But um, when it comes to it now, I use it pre-performance, uh, a, a way to manually manipulate my red blood cells, um, and really just prime my respiratory system for activity. And then I use it for down regulation to get um, from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic nervous system state, so that I can. Uh, digest my post-workout or digest my, my next meal to, uh, that controls my recovery like that's yeah. just it's like the breath is a tool and from a professional athlete standpoint it's an incredible advantage mm -hmm. for those that don't know how to prime themselves for activity and recover and because because recovery is yeah. the essence of growth when yeah. it comes to the body and then obviously uh, inflammation and uh, obviously injury in professional yeah. sport yeah. Did you speak to technique though, Brian? Your technique specifically, the mechanics of your your breath. The, the, oh, the mechanics are, are I mean are pretty simple to it. Like obviously, like mo again, a lot of it's intuitive with when to nasal breathe and when to mouth breathe, um, and how to use that during performance. A lot of what we coach is quick little tempos and protocols to downregulate during performance, that kind of thing. But uh, not like the form, uh, obviously, like. Um, I mean, like nose breathe. Like when I'm doing my Wim Hof training, obviously it's diaphragm up. Can you give us three? Just just go into Wim Hof like right now. What do you mean, my, my yeah, your my breath? breath. Yeah. I actually prefer to go into the nose and out through out the, the mouth. mouth. Okay. Yeah, so that's hundred percent nose. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I, I I look at it as as like a hundred percent standpoint. So you go a hundred percent, you dump around fifty to sixty, and then you get all the way back up. So it ends up being. That, that's when I, that's when okay. I super bend. So you about 40 like that? Yeah, I'll yeah. do, oh, so, yeah, so I do, so, I've kind of, I've kind of toyed with it, because I've done yeah. the whim, like, whim, where, like, I did the mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, and I didn't get the same effect, like, the lightheadedness, and the, the finger tingles, and all that kind of stuff, right so, yeah. so for me, I changed that tempo, uh, increased it a little bit, and created this, um, kind of 90-second rotation in, in it. Boys are getting a picture now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so how many breaths? We will do. I I, oh, I, 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 I get that? I get fifty to sixty. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, give it to us one more time. Give us three breaths. You can even how do. About it. You? I would do. No, I do nose nose. So I would yeah. be. <laughs> you know. But you touched on something. Um, Wim says. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it the important matter. is you're supercharging your system with oxygen. Yeah, is the for sure. Yeah. Is the goal here, right? And like for anybody that hasn't tried it, like you can look up the basic techniques of Wim Hof just to experience what it actually does to your body. And for me, that was the hook. Like that that delved me into. I went down all the rabbit holes. I went obviously I learned. Uh, Wim Hof to the best of my capacity from online and then I got into free diving protocols mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of breathing for sport like in sport like since I was a kid they tell you oh j just breathe you'll be fine how do you like what what the, what, what does that mean yeah and right. and you never understand that it's like it's really it should be another pillar of fitness of professional athlete uh, athletics it, like breath, like it should be yeah. nutrition, weight training, sleep, recovery, and it should be breath. Like you need these these pillars to be an all-round athlete. And as the studies come out, and whether it is ends up being an endurance athlete or um, a more burst athlete, a sprint athlete, like like a football becomes not like aerobic, uh, like basketball or as much more hockey. But um, 
it's just like it, it's there and it needs to be utilized if you want to be the best and mm -hmm. or if you want to be the healthiest mm -hmm. or if you want to be healthy in general like it, 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 it it's a pillar of physical health and needs it needs to be explored and needs to be brought to the masses in my eyes beautiful well said thank you yep excellent easy <clears throat> this is mind strong yep mind yeah. strong project let's let's move forward couple years uh, goals sure. for the organization um, the, the work you're doing and I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot we can talk in general but <clears throat> I'd really like to drill in to the heat cold um, is if you if you look at a slice of the pie yeah. uh, um, maybe it could be described that way um, obviously you guys are in a full comprehensive uh, training uh, environment. What what percent or how big of a slice of pie is sauna and cold therapy gonna be as part of mine in the future? Oh, I would say. I mean, our hopes is to take this to all of professional sports. I would like to see all of Major League Baseball utilizing this in the next three years. That's my goal. Yeah, and the <laughs> the in terms of MindStrong itself. What percent or how big of a slice of the pie is the hot and the cold aspect? Is this the main main work or, or a smaller slice of a bigger uh, that's training a great, pie? That's or? a great question. I would say this is our, you know, if you were to go into four pies of it, you four pieces, four pies, four pieces of it, you would basically look at it as, you know, you'd look at it as breath as the as like the starter point you know we always kind of break four things into your primal mm -hmm. needs as a performer so one would be breath two would be nutrition three would be movement and four would be sleep where i would i would lump uh heat and cold into movement right yeah. so um i dump that into and now not necessarily any particular order but breath being one so you'd have breath as the first pillar and then no particular order, nutrition, movement, sleep. And I would just put this in a lump sum of the movement position. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would say it's a, it's a strong quarter. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a fourth of our, you know, what we do. Mm, beautiful. I just, I think it's, I think it's potency is a little higher than that. Just because, like, people aren't used to this. Um, not, obviously not yourself. Um, wise beyond your years. But, uh, um it's the easiest to have people understand and feel it same with the breath so yeah. i think breath and exposure like which is what we're, we call mm -hmm. the the sauna and the ice um i mean obviously i'm not going to put percentages on it but i think those are the most potent things that are going to open your eyes as to why you need to adopt this into your life to live a healthy lifestyle and be a high performer if, yeah, you're, if you're chasing you, edges. Suppose if you tie it in and do yeah. fifty percent mm. breath, yeah. eat nice. If you took mm -hmm. the twenty, yeah, 25. and then everything else like we're like we use as many resources and as much knowledge as we have in our hands. And if we don't know answers, we like we get it to you. But like obviously like sleep, nutrition, and movement like like we're great in those departments as well. And we have doctors. Um, even sports psychologists on our team mm -hmm. um, to grow that aspect of it and obviously that'll be another um, few years in the future when we get that team firing all cylinders mm -hmm. and that we can be a team for athletes for teams for universities right and, and yeah. us just be like a, a, a proponent of change and growth in that in that industry and that really in that, that aspect of life well I'm excited Brian I think it's what the work you guys are doing is like right in step with uh, something I believe in yeah. personally, like really, really big. I mean, I've seen 
how sauna for me has helped you know my mental well-being and my physical well-being and and the the introduction of cold you know I was speaking I think I even wrote about this uh, recently on sauna times where you know sauna plus cold plunge is like one plus one equals three and it's it's quite exciting to see the how people get into sauna is often through the back door of cold plunge mm. and they start with that and yeah. and i think it's wonderful you know like people are are really adopting this uh this this movement toward the cold plunge and 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 this feeling you get of uh, the mental and the physical part of that and to me, that's one, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, as a guy that started with sauna, you know, then, then, well, I've been into cold yeah. plunge for a long time, but I never knew it as cold plunge. I always looked at it as jumping in the lake. Yeah. You know? And, uh, it, it, anyway, so it's just really neat to see this one plus one turning into three. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, we talked about the future and we're excited for this and, and, uh, I'm excited. And is Minnesota your headquarters? Yep, yep. So we're right down in uh, Egan, is uh, 2015 Silver Bell, right over yeah. in Egan. That's Beautiful. Our, that's our spot. And for those athletes in warmer climates, uh, to get an experience to cold plunge, there's no better place than the Twin Cities. You guys are about, what, 15 minutes to the airport? Yep, yep. So we have pretty much, like Brian flew in today, and I mean, guys flying pretty much the whole year. I don't even know how many times people will yeah. fly in, but... Yeah, yeah. They come in pretty much. I'd say the the athletes typically come in like right after their season ends, and they'll kind of start their off season if they're from out of state. Mm -hmm. They start with us. They fly in for about a week or two. They usually train with us for about a week or so, and we do this. I mean, if you want to think even deeper, uh, Brian calls it like the truth barrel in here, you know. So it's like you get into anybody into a into a sauna. It's like this is where you're going to talk about some stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. so guys come in from their off seasons, girls comes in, you know, whenever you have conversations with people, you, this is a cool place to do it. So a lot of our work, when we do our mental training or we do any mental framing with anybody, we actually do it in here Beautiful. <laughs> because it just allows for good conversation. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, That's like sauna talk, you yeah. know, like it's, it's recorded on the sauna bench. And, you know, I, I tell people also, I have a clipboard out, you know, uh, the solo sauna. There's times where I sauna alone, and you know I'll have a clipboard outside, and just this whole act of uh, heating up, hanging out on the sauna bench, being alone with your thoughts, yeah. or being with someone else with your thoughts. It's a, it's a collaborative space where you know great ideas can come forward, and um, well said. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So on that on that note, what do you guys think of uh, it? Is now. Start with you, Brian. Uh, what is most in misunderstood about sauna? As, <clears throat> as someone who's very into the practice, um, as you uh, you know, go to other other stadiums, other you know, deal with other other players from other teams or your own teammates that are not into sauna. What what do you feel is misunderstood about sauna? Um, the the prime the primary one, which is which is why it probably has a bad name in sport to some to some extent, is the fact that. Um, people sauna to get rid of their hangovers mm -hmm. or like to get the, their demons out of them, whatever that may be, whatever they partake in on the weekends or yeah. during the week. Like you see guys in there sweating out, oh, they got to be sweating out for some reason. Yeah. So that, that was just a weird negative conversation with that a little bit, but that, that's, that's null and void for the most part, unless you come in after like a big win, you understand everybody's in there to get some of the <laughs> demons out. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think the biggest thing is people don't see it as the tool that it, really is like like if you use it 
in correspondence with the cold and that kind of stuff, great. Like that's even 10 times better. But if you use the sauna in general as a, really, again, a staple in your, your health regimen, it, it, as a consistent, I guess the best way I should have said it is consistent um, use is where that I think the benefits lie. Like guys just kind of use it sparingly or if their friends are in there or what, or like if, again, if they're getting rid of a hangover or whatever, it's just, it's not a staple. It, it needs to be a staple. It's not a sometimes thing. It's a lifestyle, I see. Mm -hmm. How about you? What's misunderstood in, in, from your perspective? Yeah, I think that I don't think people see the uh, the I don't think people are necessarily aware of like what this can do for all of their performance, just their balance as a human, you know, so they don't see this as a communal conversational thinking meditative thought provoking position. They look at it as they have these at Lifetime or LA Fitnesses yeah. or clubs. Or I don't mean to bash on LA Fitness, but I think they see I've it. I've done as, it many times. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I look at it more of like people just see it as something that's in a, a locker room at a fitness club. And it, and it, you go in there and you get a sweat in, you know, yeah. and people look at it as, well, if I can sweat at the fitness club for five minutes, I don't have to necessarily warm up before I go bench press or whatever, mm -hmm. or... It's a place to stretch. Yeah, it's yeah. a place to stretch, or it is a place to get hangovers. I mean, I know many people who just publicly go to the and they'll, they'll just look at it as I'm hungover on a Sunday, and I'm going to sweat, and that'll be my workout. But there's so much deeper into this that you can take with you for uh, outside of it. But what we do... I mean, look at it. We're in the middle. It's like just five degrees outside, and we're just hanging out outside. For yeah, I, I meant, thank you for bringing that up. You I meant know? to frame that up for listeners. I mean, this this is Minnesota sauna season, right? Yeah, we're in nature. The, you yeah. can see the moon. It's full moon out there, and the steam billowing off our bodies. And we all hung out outside and oh, it's awesome. brought ourselves back to equilibrium and got to do it again. So here we are on the bench. Yeah, and so nature, I mean, look at how hard it is to be a part of nature. You know, in Western civilization, I could be wrong on this, but I think we were considered urbanized in 2008, which would mean that we technically can't get into the purest sound of nature because we're so around sounds and lights yeah. and exposure now. And that's like really sad to know as a Westerner, you know, and someone who I'm, I'm a very big fan of nature. And I do think that through all the science and all the stuff we've talked a lot, we've also talked a ton about intuition. And I just think nature is your greatest teacher, you know, and like we're training right now with nature. And so this is nowhere near, I don't even think of this as a fitness club and people who come and experience with us or do what you're doing or do what we're doing. When we're hanging out like this, this is not even close to what you would consider a fitness club type yeah. experience like it's not even close so i think yeah. that you have to you know the one thing i will say is we've now done this with hundreds of people i mean we've traveled the world and done this we've done this internationally it's like we you know we come over here and we're right in we're right in it you right know we're sync. right in it we're in sync we're hanging out we're learning we're talking it has been like this, this environment that we're in right now. I've experienced this environment with hundreds of people by now that I've never met really until that experience. Mm -hmm. And it's always equalized everybody. And the best way I say that is if you train like this, you live like this, you build a culture around this, no one can beat, like we're not going to beat the coma. You know, like we will never win, you know, <laughs> and we will never beat the cold and you'll yeah. never beat nature. So now in an environment that you can't win, you have to struggle with the people with you. You have to look out for the people around you. 
and then you're with nature and you're going to get very intuitive with your thoughts and you're going to have other people bring their creativity to the bench as well. And I've just never seen a play in my entire life. I've never been in an environment that has brought out more from me as a human than this environment. And I don't need science to back that up. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah, a mobile sauna. <clears throat> it's yeah. part of the arsenal That's of the MindStrong project. That is part of it. Uh, big shout out to Daniel and his posse. Have to, yeah. yeah. You guys leaned in and you built a kick-ass mobile sauna. Hats off to you and Daniel yeah, and the crew. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. If you could bring a mobile sauna, say that sauna, anywhere in the world. Yeah. We'll start with you, Harvey, on yeah, that yeah. one. What's the first place that comes to mind? Oh, you know, the first place that comes to mind is would be up in Lake Superior. <laughs> Whereabouts? Uh, Picture Rocks area. Yeah. Yeah, nice. being up there. The North Shore? Yeah, North Shore would yeah. be amazing. The, like where Castle Danger is, that brewery well, up there. Yeah, this is a moment to um, to invite you guys to uh, sauna days at Larsmont Cottages. First weekend of May. Oh, It'll be the second annual. Last year was a real gas. We had two or three mobile saunas uh, uh, brought up there, and Ursa Minor Brewing made sauna beer. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys are in on the mix. Yeah, that would we'll, be so cool. We'll live this dream yeah, together. Yeah, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. <laughs> right We'd on. be down for sure. But if it weren't, if that's, for my, that's for my thing. But for mm -hmm. me, uh, I grew up in Farmington, Michigan, outside Detroit, and I would like to... Uh, sentimentally, I'd like to take the sound of the mobile back to the where I grew up and take it to my buddies. I don't know if it's it's not very common. They're starting to come around to some of the stuff that we've been doing. I mean, we've right. been translates for like this for a few years, and I think it's just now starting to catch steam and us aligning with people like yourself and kind of finding some other masters in the in the environment has kind of created some validity and trust in what we're doing to find other people doing it, especially like yourself. You've been doing it for so many years, so it's like you get to learn. And anytime you're in environments where you get to learn, you're curious, so you're excited to go do more. And I would like to take this back to my hometown and sort of get all my buddies from home. I've been trying to get them to come out here and experience. Maybe I'll try to get them out here in May. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Brian, how about you? What's the first spot that comes to mind for you to bring home the song? If I could take one anywhere. Um, I do Again, I do a, a cabin with my peoples uh, in the dead of winter. I, like, I picture a couple feet of snow on the ground, maybe right by the water, like yeah. off a dock. Mm -hmm. Hole and, in the um, ice. Yeah, just, uh, that's, I mean, that's my, that's my vision is to yeah. have a hole in the ice, old wooden ladder, step down into it. Beautiful. Get your plunge. Yeah. Get back into it. But yeah, just. With, with the core group of friends? Yeah, core, I think a core group of friends. Like, obviously, I think, uh, obviously, I think silence is underrated. And I think there's, it needs, you need to spend time by yourself. But like, if, if I'm. In my happy place, I'm going to have some of my best people around me to share the experience. And uh, obviously, we know what the Saunable is capable of bringing out conversation-wise. So obviously, like that's my my vision of sauna on the water and the snow and uh, getting both ends of the spectrum, Thank both you. ends of the exposure. <clears throat> Another question I, I ask, um, I'll ask you first, Brian, if you could sauna with anybody in the world, uh, dead, alive, past, present, um, who's the first person who comes to mind for you? Oh, ooh. <laughs> um, I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Jesus. There you go. Nice. Harvey. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mine would be. Uh, mine would be Wim Hof, purely because uh, if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't have believed that we could take breathing and create it into a company or a blueprint for training people. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he's the pioneer. I want to make you guys feel at home. Both those answers. Yeah. 
Not the first time. Not there the we first go. time. Yeah. So you keep good company. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all kindred spirits. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Anson Otaka, I got to interview. Uh, he's he's passed. Um, uh, he was in his late 70s, early 80s, uh, a pastor, and mm. uh, and his answer was Jesus. Yeah. And I forget who said Wim Hof. As a matter of fact, it was Carrie, it come to mind, Carrie Drinkwine. She's a nutritionist. Okay. And um, her episode is, is in the queue. Okay. Um, so I love both the answers. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're, you're in uh, kindred spirit with, uh, with, oh, that's with, cool. those, with those answers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to thank you guys for oh, being man, on, on Sound of Talk. Man. Thank you. Any, any, is amazing. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks. Any final words for listeners? The Mind Strong Project, um, real exciting. Uh, this is tip of the iceberg, to use a, an appropriate metaphor, yeah, perhaps, yeah. of the work that you guys are undertaking and, and building. Um, any final words for listeners to Sound of Talk? Uh, anyone come to mind? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I'll talk about it more so, Glenn, and this is a thank you to you and I mean, personally, and I think that anything, anyone who gives you their time is the greatest sense of leadership, right? So, I mean, you opened up your doors to us and made us feel extremely at home and put us in a position to experience this and obviously have the opportunity to speak about it. So it's it's more so of like the time that you gave us, but making that bigger. Uh, a couple years ago, we uh, when we created MindStrong, I remember the first thing that we talked about as a group. It was the first ever podcast that we did. It was actually Dave Fisher, who's a very good friend of ours, and uh, Brian Peters, who's obviously here. And the three of us had just started the company. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know where it would go. We didn't even know really what we were going to do yet. We just knew that we wanted to help people, and we wanted to personally learn on our own. And I remember the line that we had before we did the first podcast was just crazy because we were so scared. Now we've done hundreds of podcasts. I don't even think about it anymore. But I remember the first thing we said to each other as we were cheers in a glass of whiskey was we said, if it's scared, then you have to do it. And while you do it, you have each other. And I remember that like it was yesterday and I've carried that with me in my life. And so anyone who's really listening to this, you know, it's not that you have to dive into extremes or, or go into these things, but what's more important about it is the best thing that that comment that I just said from this guy who's sitting over here next to me and then Dave who's overseas is it shifted me into a position where I've now traveled the world in the last two years and met people like yourself. I've met some amazing people, unbelievable caring people and leaders and intelligent people and people who are just trying to advance the experience of being a human. And if it weren't for riding on curiosity and being open-minded and actually like just seeing things for the way they are and being in other people's cultures and being open to that I don't think I would have ever been in a position to just comfortably walk into a guy's backyard and hang out and have a blast with you man you know and like I wouldn't have been able to do that a few years ago and now that I've accepted that and Brian's a big proponent to my growth in that situation but um, we've now met some amazing people and we've had a great time and it's made my life a hundred times better and so anyone who's listening I would say that you know, just shatter the framing that you think you have and shatter the perceptions that you have and allow yourself to be open-minded. I've literally never experienced anything that's more enjoyable than being curious to be a human. And when you do that, you end up meeting remarkable people. Thank you. Brian, last word. Uh, that was that was some poetry there from Harv. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm grateful as well for your time and your hospitality. I mean, just to keep it short and simple, I mean, life short. So chase the edges, live a little bit harder, um, enjoy the moment, enjoy good company, and uh, hop in the sauna. To do so. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.